At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Hello, Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco. I'm a practicing preventative cardiologist and lipidologist at the Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute at Baptist Health South Florida, as well as the Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health. We started this podcast to answer the kinds of general health questions my colleagues and I are often asked by family and friends. For instance, there are many people out there who have questions about foot pain. That's not surprising when you learn that 75% of Americans will experience foot problems at one time or another in their lives. We'll find out why foot pain is so common and learn what we can do to take better care of our feet on this episode. I've invited Thomas Sangiovanni, MD, an orthopedic surgeon with a subspecialty in foot, ankle, and sports at the Miami Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Institute to share his expertise with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Great, Jonathan. It's a, uh, it's a privilege to be here. Happy to speak with you all. Great. Um, so let's start with some basics as we get into this conversation. Um, you know, people think of the foot as just a single entity, but what makes it so complex? Why does it seem to be more susceptible to pain and maybe even injury than we might think for uh, compared to other parts of the body? Uh, in contrast to what many people think, uh, the foot can actually can actually be one of the more complex areas of the body in orthopedics to evaluate and treat. Um, it has to do with the, uh, uh, a lot of times with the amount of bones that are in the foot, there's 28 bones. And these all have like interconnecting joints, which function somewhat independently at times, but then in conjunction with each other as we walk. So um, there are many different things that can occur in combinations of things. That, so it's a, it's a bit of a challenge. Uh, it's not just like a hinge joint. It's uh, all these complex joints rolling together. So again, some people think of it as something, a simple part of my body, but obviously there's complexity that warrants high levels of assessment and treatment such as um, by, by doctors um, uh, such, as, uh, such as you. Um, in that vein, what are the more common foot problems we see in our society? And then let's take it to, to your practice in specific. What are the kind of foot problems that you see? Certainly, I think um, very, uh, very commonly, and I'll break it up into in regions, let's say, let's say the heel, um, we see uh, many issues with uh, heel pain, uh, heel, long, heel pain along the, the back of the heel, or the, uh, what we call the posterior aspect, oftentimes is related to Achilles issues. So insertional, uh, it's where the Achilles tendon inserts, and we, we commonly see problems with either overuse or degeneration, um, ruptured Achilles tendons. So th those are things that we see often in the back of the heel. Before, before you go on, do you see something, and maybe as you address each part, is this more in common, you know, the lay people, or is it more in athletes, or it can be kind of in anyone? It can be in anyone. The, the, the tendon is common to everyone, let's say, and there are different issues. So at um, 20 to 50-year-old range, you're more susceptible, let's say, to an Achilles tendon rupture, whereas um, uh, the, the wiser or the older or wiser uh, patients that we have or some that also have medical, uh, other medical issues can have degenerative issues with the tendon at its insertion site. You know, we also see it in women uh, that, you know, in terms of um, either certain 
problems with heels, even in men with a, uh, like a bony prominence in the back of the heel. So, so the heel problem, as you described, can happen in anyone, usually a little bit as you get older. Um, and when people feel that heel problem, and again, I, I do want to go through other parts of the foot, when should someone seek help and what kind of help should someone seek? Well, certainly for something that, um, uh, that persists and lasts, let's say greater than 24 to 48 hours, uh, and we're talking about something that may not be in, a, in an obvious acute injury, like a rupture, right? But something where pain is, uh, you know, is experienced in the back of the heel, they have swelling, uh, redness, um, that, that seems to persist. And it doesn't respond to, you know, the typical anti-inflammatories or ice or rest. There, those are times I think that you would be more inclined to see somebody um, specialist to, to diagnose you. You know, the other heel pain that we see quite commonly is pain on the bottom of the heel. Uh, one of the most common problems we see is is a condition called plantar fasciitis. Heard, heard of that? Let's go into that a little bit because we uh, it does seem to play. Can you explain a little bit what that is and what brings it on and what people can do about it? Certainly, uh, plantar fasciitis. Once again, the location is in the bottom of the heel. Um, uh, it's uh, the plantar fascia is a thick band of tissue, very similar to let's say like a, a ligament that attaches from the from the the forefoot, the front of the, the bottom part, but front of the foot to the very back. And its attachment point is on the bottom of the heel. That structure can get injured. Let's say if there's overuse or a, or a strain to it and can form these little micro tears and inflammation, um, how it presents in a patient, let's say the classic presentation would be um, when you wake up and first thing in the morning, you get out of bed and your very first few steps feel like there's like a little gremlin stabbing you in the bottom of the heel with a knife, a very sharp, sudden pain. After prolonged time sitting, if you've been in a car driving for a period of time, and then you get out the first few steps, sharp, sudden pain. And then gradually, if you, if you walk it off and it feels better, but that, that can be a persistent problem on a daily basis. And it can be quite debilitating to people um, uh, if it lasts for a long time, which it had tendency is for it to last a long time. So I think it's it's that's great points, um, um, and I want to uh, um, elaborate a little bit. So someone may feel that, and it could be a plantar fasciitis pain, but that doesn't mean it's going to go on to a chronic condition. It may, and it may, you know, that could be more frequent. But if someone getting out of the car feels a sharp pain, goes away in a minute or two, they wouldn't necessarily need to do anything about it. Is that, or, or there is something that they should do? No, even exactly. With it is. Um, um, uh, a one-time thing like that or, or something they felt could just be identifying that it took a little shock to the system. Let's say it was like a rubber band that got a sudden jolt, but it doesn't mean that it's going to cr create the problem that we just spoke of. In fact, 80 to 90% of people that even have this, let's say you've had it and it's been going on for two or three weeks, that 80, 90% will get better over the course of several months. The ways you can try to get rid of it faster are often tend to be, um, very simple tissue specific stretching. So when you first get up in the morning, a, a gentle stretch of your Achilles and of the plantar fascia, there's like little toe exercise, toe stretching exercises you can find on online. But in particular, the Achilles tendon, because there's a continuum between the Achilles and the plantar fascia. The more you're, you're loosened up, let's say the Achilles, the less impact that that region of the heel will see on the bottom. So simple stretching, probably like if you can 
put it into your daily routine three or four times a day for about a minute. It's only three or four minutes out of the day. But if you do it um, routinely uh, over the course of a couple of weeks, this will, this should go away. Um, other things would be wearing kind of a soft cushioned heel sole shoe, let's say a sneaker that's got a good cushion to it, uh, avoiding hard, hard floors, things like that. Um, more advanced would be a night splint, uh, you know, something to keep you stretched out overnight and ice and, and anti-inflammatory. Those are all kind of common things that we do to try to get this uh, rid of this earlier. Great. How about some other parts of the foot? What, what's a, what's a bunion? I know my, I, you know, I see a lot, I hear about a lot. My wife bugs me a lot about her bunion, which probably doesn't want the, the listeners to know, but you know, part of the conversation, <laughs> what, 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 what is a bunion and what do, should people do about bunion? And what, what a bunion actually is, uh, it describes a def, um, like an angulation of the great toe, the big toe, where it starts to drift outward so that there's a prominence or let's say a bump that you'll notice along the inner aspect of the great toe. Often when it first presents, uh, it can, it oftentimes may not be painful. Um, and many people have a very flexible, flexible foot and they don't have any pain with it. Where at some point in time though, um, patients can experience symptoms from a bunion. And it really depends on, is it um, aggravating their daily activities from a functional standpoint? And I, and I make that emphasis from a functional standpoint. As opposed to cosmetic, you mean? As opposed to cosmetic. We all know that uh, a lot of times um, uh, people are, let's, they'll look at the foot and they, they just want that toe straighter, right? From a cosmetic standpoint. But what they, what they don't realize, um, I think is, like I said, not all bunions are painful. And if you're if you are flexible and functioning quite well, let's say, without an issue, what you may find is that the correction of it can often cause some stiffness of the toe because it's been living in that position for so long. So I wouldn't just correct it just for the looks. When you look at the patient satisfaction level from a let's say a surgical standpoint, um, the satisfaction level is usually not as high, is certainly not as high as if you did it from a uh, standpoint of, of doing it for a functional reason, you know, sure. or a combination of functional and looks. There's got to be more than just looks, I think, for you to, to, to do that. Are there, are there things that contribute to abundance? Is it genetic? Does it have to do with the jobs or the kind of shoes one wears? Yes, there's people that are predisposed to it. There are also uh, contributing factors of shoe wear. Shoes that, let's say, have a very narrow toe box towards the front or are tapered, let's say, towards the front, it almost accentuates and pushes the toe in that direction. So that it's creating a force against, uh, you know, especially if somebody's predisposed to it, that, that can be a factor. So, so again, it brings, it brings another point, which I uh, appreciate. So um, I do want to get to other parts of the foot, but let's talk about footwear a little bit in general. How much of what you see Obviously, a, a specialist in foot, ankle, um, sports at, at the Miami Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Institute. How much of what you see is footwear related? And then would it be maybe a podiatrist or other parts of the medical specialties where you might see more footwear related? So what is the relationship of footwear and footwear choices towards foot pain and foot uh, abnormalities? Where, where it com becomes a problem which with footwear or shoe wear is, is really, let's say, a mismatch, meaning a mismatch between the shoe that you're wearing with the surface that you're wearing it on 
with the activity that you're doing. Okay. Okay. Right. And the final factor would be, let's say, genetics, you know, hereditary. For instance, if, um, if you haven't run for a long time, let's talk about the COVID pandemic and you're, everybody's at home getting bored and they want to all of a sudden go out and do some running or jogging. So they pull out their, their old shoes, their old sneakers, running shoes that they haven't worn in year, like about nine months, right? And all of a sudden they start running every day on asphalt. Okay, so, um, and they, maybe their shoes are worn or they're, they're maybe a super flexible, non-supportive shoe. Uh, if they lost their support, and so we, we've been seeing like a lot of issues with that in terms of for, like uh, metatarsalgia, pinched nerves, what we call Morton's neuromas, um, issues, let's say, related to mismatching the shoe with the surface and, and your activity level. Um, so there are a lot um, of issues that we see that are shoe related, but it's usually a combination of the wrong shoe for the wrong activity, you know, the, or the wrong amount of time repetitively doing it, I'd say usually patients will have some signs of it by responding with pain. And uh, oftentimes you'll try to push through it and it, that may not be the right thing to do if your body's telling you that it's too much stress or force at this time, or maybe they need to change something in that regimen. So what would be recommendations if it's possible, if it's not too broad, um, selecting footwear, or would it just be if you're going to do a physical activity, start slow? Where where can we avoid some of these um, um, uh, foot shoe wear related as well as activity related foot injuries? I, I think that in general, that you know some some type of uh, if you're going to be doing repetitive walking or for extended periods of time or high impact, that you need a shoe that's going to be supportive, um, have some degree of cushion to it, and that is going to protect that area of the foot, you know, which is usually the arch, the heel and the forefoot that you're going to need. And, and I guess another point would be if you're starting to feel pain, then don't just continue doing what you've been doing the way you've been doing it. Yeah. I think if you start to feel, start to feel pain, right. You got to listen to your body. And, and much like when I take a history in a patient, I, I, uh, you remember that <laughs> I'm sure a lot of these people on the podcast may not remember, but remember that old show Columbo? Yeah, of course. Peter Falk. <laughs> All right. I act like that guy Columbo. I end up sitting there asking questions that sound like they're unrelated to what they're talking about doing. Right. And then all of a sudden the patient tells me the problem themselves <laughs> in the end, if you write, ask the right questions. So you start feeling that pain, right? Start thinking to yourself, what shoe was I wearing? What was I doing? I'll ask a patient, when did it start? And they'll say, well, it started, uh, I don't know, it started a couple weeks ago. And I said, well, what day did you notice it? And I, I, how am I supposed to remember what day I noticed it? And then I said, well, was it a Monday? And they said, yeah, it was a Monday. <laughs> and then they go back, well, what were you doing that weekend? Well, I was walking on the beach. <laughs> okay. Well, what were you wearing? You, know, you see what I'm saying? So basically, you got to be a detective. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay attention to the details. And if you think hard enough... You could realize, well, geez, what was I doing yesterday that caused this? You know, and and then you change that. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to denigrate your 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 detective skills, but they did they did tell you who did who committed the murder at the beginning of Columbo. <laughs> so yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right. So uh, these are great points and great information. Um, so we talked about the heel and the Achilles tendon, plantar fasciitis, bunions, common complaints. Um, a couple of other just general foot concerns people have, maybe I could throw at you before we talk about a couple of final points. Um, um, toe fungus, is this, is this something, I know it's maybe not something you treat, but 
is it just ugly or is there danger to it? Um, you know, I'm, it's fairly common, obviously bothers a lot of people. So what can you tell us about um, um, toe fungus? Um, uh, toe fungus, um, you'd be surprised. 20% on average, right? 20% of the population uh, uh, will have toe fungus, like at some point in their life. When they look at percentage statistics, 75% of people over the age of 60 will have toe fungus. Okay. It's often more cosmetic than an issue, right? But it can be a telltale sign that something's going on, meaning that um, it, it can be, let's say, uh, a clinical sign. You may have a, a, a bit of a vascular issue, a microvascular issue, or pre-diabetic or nutritional, maybe worth paying attention to, let's say, especially in the older population. The cause of it is typically moist heat. Fungus loves to live, uh, it's culture medium, let's say, it loves to live in an area of, let's say, uh, humidity. We'll see it sometimes more often in summer. Let's say if you're wearing socks and you're sweating, you could also see it, people that frequent the gyms a lot. That might be one time that you'd want to bring your flip-flops, you know, the gym and the showers and things like that and gymnasium locker rooms. But it's, it's usually due to some uh, moist heat, a fungus uh, will will, let's say, uh, colonize and then becomes a, a problem. But it, it, to, to answer your question, it's more cosmetic. At times, it can be painful when it when it's becomes really inflamed. Uh, and rarely, it can be rarely, it can be a serious problem. There's um, different treatments for it. Yeah, but I would say that it's more of a, like I said, it's more of a cosmetic issue, but none of us really want to see it, you know, you want to get rid of it. So if someone does have it, it might be a marker of other medical conditions, which is why they may want to get a medical checkup. But more often than not, it's just a cosmetic thing. And again, they may yeah. I mean, there's topical. There's certain things that are various things like topical treatments, like uh, antifungal, different various creams that are out there that are antifungals that you can find in the local pharmacy. Sure. Um, uh, shoes, like I said, once again, paying attention to the shoes and the socks that maybe you change the socks often enough that, you know, um, that if you're sweating in them, right, that you try to change them so to keep things dry. Also old shoes, you know, you want to change your shoes out every, one, every once in a while. So that they're... And, and, and would, those be, would those be kind of the same? So we talked about toe fungus, but for athlete's foot and other relatively common elements to be the same type of recommendations. I Exactly. They're kind of, they tend to be humidity and moisture related type issues with the foot and ankle. Um, I would be remiss if we didn't bring up something that I'd just like you to elaborate on, the concept of the diabetic neuropathy. And, and again, it's, it's important for foot health, but can you articulate a little bit why, especially in the diabetic, especially with neuropathy, what they should really pay attention to with their feet and the reason why? Yes. Um, well, with, um, with uh, somebody has neuropathy and diabetes, other. Which means, let me, I apologize. Neuropathy means is that the diabetes has affected the nerves so they don't have proper sensation, right? Exactly. And so they, they lose the sensation. Um, uh, they, you know, some early on might still say, oh, I have sensation. I can feel, you know, when you touch there, I can feel. But the sensation is altered. Let's say they lose their protective sensation. So when there's a problem going on, they may not realize it because their body won't sense it. And then they can get into problems. A problem might be uh, the beginning of a pressure ulcer or a pressure phenomena on the bottom of the foot that they can't see, and it becomes inflamed. In fact, that might be the only thing they feel see is they see inflammation. 
but they may not feel the pain or the degree of pain. And before you know it, um, that turns into a, uh, an ulcer. There's a break in skin integrity. And then it's, it's a downward spiral. Sometimes you're having to, you know, how, you know what I mean? You end up having to treat the wound and you have to unload it. So that's extremely important. Their shoe wear, they have to have shoes that are not tight fitting that have enough room uh, in the, in the toe box, which is the front part of the, the shoe and the height and the width, uh, let's say more of a cushion feeling to the, the surface, but also like, um, a shoe that's got a lot of support. So it's gotta be a combination of the surface against the skin that's cushioned, but the sole, of the shoe that can take the brunt of walking. I would recommend that once again, they, that they pay attention to their shoe wear, that they check their feet every day. If they can put right. like a mirror, um, because you can't see them. So they put a mirror and then put their feet out so they can see the mirror and they can see the bottom of the foot because it's one of the most problematic, let's say conditions that we probably face in the U S and also in the future. I'm going to throw some stats at you if this is okay. Yeah, sure. There's close to 23 million patients that have diabetes in the, in the, in the U S Oh, close to 8% of our population. In 2030, they're predicting close to 70 million. The diabetic foot problems or infections are, represent about 25% of hospital admissions for those that have diabetes. So it's a quarter of the emissions for diabetics. And, and of course, the consequence can be infections, then infections in the bone, and it can even lead to amputations which is all the more reason for the diabetic to be hyper vigilant looking for any kind of foot problems. Exactly. Um, and, and I think it speaks to something else. You brought up in every topic pain, right? The concept was foot pain. Pain is the body's way saying you're doing something, something's wrong here. And if the diabetic doesn't get the pain, they don't have those normal warning signals. Yeah. Let's say the most extreme of diabetes, diabetic neuropathy would be a condition called Charcot, a Charcot foot which is where they, they don't, they lose their, they become insensate. They don't have much uh, mm -hmm. feeling or pain and a minor injury or minor thing could lead to like dislocation of the joints before you know it, because they lose the, their sensation. Well, well, Tom, this is great information. Um, I guess we'll have to bring it back. We didn't get to the, the, the fun stuff like ingrown toenails and <laughs> corns and, <laughs> and bone spurs. Uh, but yeah. I think it just iterates, it reiterates your original point. The foot is a complex structure, multiple bones, tissue, tendons, <laughs> blood vessels. And we tend to ignore it as a part of our body that, that, that can be injured and cause problems. Um, and thankfully, um, um, you're here to help us um, when we get into trouble. Um, any final comments or any final thoughts that you'd like to um, mention to our listeners before we wrap up? Uh, no, I think I, I think that's it. I mean, I'd um, I'd be happy to come back on again if you like, and uh, it was a pleasure speaking to you. Well, thanks again, and to our listeners, uh, appreciate your your listening. And as usual, if you have any thoughts for our future topics, any any concerns, any complaints, any recommendations, um, please email us at Baptist Health Talk at baptisthealth.net. That's one word, baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. Uh, thank you for listening and stay safe. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.